Welcome to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast, a Christ-centered recovery show where we discuss the habits, mindsets, and tools that will help you live the recovery lifestyle. We believe that if you regularly do the work by reading the Word, showing up at recovery meetings, getting engaged at your local church, and giving back through service, that you will build a stronger relationship with Jesus and experience the freedom that comes from lasting sobriety. Please join myself, Chris Decker, and my co-host, John Rizzi, as we serve as your virtual recovery coaches through Season 2, featuring monthly recovery challenges, inspiring testimonies, expert guest teachings, and the raw, real-time recovery journey that we go through each and every day. To help us reach more people, please subscribe and leave a review. And for now, enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome to part two of Intimacy Anorexia Trait Number Six, which is sex, withholding sexually from our spouses. We're talking about all things sex on part one. We talked about sex. Today, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about this. And in part three, we're going to um, look at some practical advice and uh, some recovery leadership implications. So enjoy today's episode. My name is Chris, and I'm joined here in studio by John. Today, we're talking about sex. Sex in the Bible. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Um as far back as Genesis chapter 2, here's a, a quote from the Bible. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. So, so very early on, God is, as he's talking about creation and the creation of the universe and the creation of earth and all of the things on it and man, and then he creates woman. Um, and then he says, you two will be joined together in marriage. It doesn't say the word marriage, but that's what he's implying here. The two are being united into one. And that's, that's physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's all of those things. And that includes sex. And um, Paul in 1 Corinthians, uh, which you know we used when we talked about love, but in, ch in chapter 7, he really lays it out in terms of, of talking about sex. Let me read you uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 5, and then we'll chat about this. Paul says, now regarding the questions you asked in your letter... Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 1 Corinthians 7 one to five. That was reading from the NLT. There's a lot in there, huh, Chris? I mean, we saw uh, 
the, the <sighs> warning of intimacy and anorexia in there, right? You Do know, not deprive each other. I've got a thought. Is that a part of being a Christian man is developing discipline in these areas with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and sex is something that requires developing habits and disciplines or else, or else it will run rampant and control your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, isn't it? He... We can be controlled by our sin and we can go live that. We know what it's like to live that way, but that path, the Bible tells us, literally leads to death. Sin leads to spiritual death. It's not just like physical death. It's about like, you die twice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, talking about discipline, Paul is telling us right here at the end of this, these verses, you know, you might want to take a break from sexual relations as long as you agree. And it's really intended to be a spiritual thing, kind of like a fast. Right. But then he says, you got to come back together or Satan will be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Right. Your lack of discipline. And I think this is directed at men because we're the ones more often than not who have the wandering eye, who have the comparison, who want to look at porn, who want to jerk off, who want to just get that release. And so the other thing that I, th I find really pretty compelling about these verses is how very equal it is. It's not saying you know, wives, you need to satisfy your husbands. And it's also pointing out that that women and men have sexual needs. Very clearly, it's saying that, that so, so we shouldn't be ashamed of those things, right? This should be something that we can talk about with our wives because very clearly in the Bible, it's saying both of us have needs sexually that need to be met by each other. So sometimes science catches up with the Bible, not all the times. Yeah. Not all the time. So science is getting there, uh, scientists, not coming after you. I'm just saying we've got the truth right here, and um, science is catching up. So I'd like to just talk about real quickly the biology behind what um, a male in the sex act is doing. Is that the, the, the fluid that is being released is... The most nutrient-dense, life-giving, um, powerful fluid that literally can create, and not, I mean, it doesn't actually, it doesn't do the creating, but combined with an egg, this seed is where a new human being is formed yeah, it's, a, it's imago day imago day in yeah. the image of god yeah this is a divine thing it, it, I mean, it is it is real and so from a scientific perspective if you imagine what kind of resources your body needs to put into the new creation of manufacturing this 
And if you are, quote unquote, spilling your seed and not treating this with reverence and respect, physiologically, physiologically, you are wasting over time your body's resources to continually develop this and you will be more tired. You will be more lethargic. You, it, it affects your brain chemistry. It affects your ability to create new muscle growth. It affects your testosterone levels, all these things. Um, and so I, I'd like to just add this science aspect to that a little bit to understand that this is a part of your body that is leaving your body. It is, it is crucial. It is important. It is not something to just be tossed aside and, 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 and thought of as inconsequential because there are consequences hmm. to wasting this. Yeah. I mean, you're, you nailed it. It's the seed of life. I mean, it's, it's a, a beautiful and amazing thing built into our creation by our creator. And it's also happens to be very pleasurable and so, I mean, what an amazing gift that God's given us, and yet we we corrupt it. I treated it as if, you know, um, like it's a cup of coffee even, mm-hmm. is, is pretty much where it really got boiled down to, I treated this, this powerful, life-giving thing to being like, oh, this is a necessity like food and water. I need sex. I need to yeah. orgasm in order to function. Yeah. Sorry, actually, the answer is no, you don't need it to function. Well, and, and like, you know, diminishing it like you're talking about. I mean, how often in in the culture do we see these references like, well, it's just sex, right? Like it's Like it's not a big deal. It's just this two people coming together, but it, it is not just sex. It is a bonding experience and, and there so is a connection. The two become one flesh, it yeah. says in the Bible, right. you know, and there, and, and, uh, if you, you know, biblical sex, if you read through the song of songs here, um, it is a, it is beautiful, romantic, bonding life giving um you know the 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 bible is clear it's it's okay to engage fully and enjoy this thing with your spouse mm-hmm. the warning lights here that paul's talking about are um if you don't engage together your as a man your eyes will wander and that's where sin starts to get a foothold Right. And and I'm glad that's a great Because segue. God wants to bless us with the beautiful kind of sex that the Bible talks about. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah. And and that that eyes wandering. So, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is you must not commit adultery. That's Exodus twenty fourteen. That's pretty clear. And and Jesus, like he does so often really expands the definition of adultery. What does Jesus say here? Jesus says, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Matthew 5, 28 and 29. You know, Jesus isn't being literal when he says, gouge your eye out. He's just talking about what do you need to do 
to stop lusting. Because like you said, Chris, you know, we have a heart that is prone to wander. That's what Paul said. I I lack self-control. And Jesus is saying, don't just think that just because you didn't have sex with another woman means that you're good here. He's saying, even if you lust, which we all do, you're committing adultery. The the way I see it, there's we're talking about the recovery lifestyle here and lifestyle is uh, patterns and patterns, habits and patterns and behaviors and um, the kind of tools that we can put into place here to create lasting change. And, and so really practically the only way to achieve this is with Christ's power in us, um, Christ's power in us. And, we can do all things in Christ Jesus, right? And and um, and uh, the same power that rose that you know caused Christ to rise rise from the dead literally lives in you, lives in me as a believer. And so we we have access to this power. But there's, it's not like we can just sit idly by and say, okay, well, you know. Lust is just going to go away. This is this is a active spiritual battle and a spiritual discipline that will take a lifetime of practice. You will never get it right. I will never get it right perfectly, um, but it is a it is a discipline. Yeah, and and that's why Paul says, you know, he doesn't want to give Satan a foothold because he says Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So so he knows, Paul knows that I'm going to be prone to lust. Paul knows that lust equals adultery. Paul knows that that is clearly a sin. It's one of the top 10. And <clears throat> what Chris is saying is that power, I need to embrace that power and and start trying to say, Holy Spirit, help me see women the way you see women. Want to open chair? Yeah, my name's Chris, grateful believer in Jesus Christ in recovery for alcohol, sex, porn, money, codependency, and pride. Hey, Chris. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Sex, 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 sex is what we're talking about today. And we we touched on what the Bible says about it. Um, I got this wrong for so long. And I remember having to cross this chasm of, wow, if I become sexually pure with my wife and I stop looking at porn and masturbating and get, and I give up on these fantasies, does that really mean I'll never get to watch porn again in my life? Does that really mean I'm going to lose the ability to do this thing? Does that really mean that um, I won't be able to drag my wife into further sexual sin um, does it really mean that I'll lose the ability to go to strip clubs and I'll lose, I'll lose, I'll lose? I'm like, what exactly have I lost? Because I've gained quite a bit mm-hmm. on this side of the fence. And so th- the enemy's lie, Satan's lie here is that you had anything in the first place with that sin. He was lying to me the whole time, convinced me that I had something of value in this. All it did was drive apart our marriage and almost ended. So it made it hard to talk to any human being. It took over my thoughts and my actions, and I rearranged my life around it. You tell me, 
who I was a slave to. Mm. So. That's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. All right. Hey, you guys, my name is John. I'll follow Jesus in recovery for sex addiction. I struggle with lust. John. Hey, guys. Man, you know what? I I am so grateful for the gift of sex and that that this doesn't need to be taboo. And one of the things that I love about recovery is that it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to talk about porn and masturbation and talk about these things not being right and talk about our struggles uh, with looking at women and, and, and wanting to fantasize about them and being able to have other brothers come alongside me and say, yeah, I get you. Because in the secular world, people would just look at you like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, check that chick out. I want to, she's hot. Like, no, she's not yours. She's not mine. I'm not entitled to that. I need to combat lust. Oh, this is such a hard topic because it's so easy for me to fall into lust. And Jesus is so serious about the lengths that I should be going to to stop lusting. And I need to do a better job of, of, of gouging my eye out so that I won't lust. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Hey, you made it this far in the episode. I'd like to congratulate you because to me, that shows that you're taking your recovery seriously. If you'd like to reach out, please visit recoverylifestyle.com. You can use the contact form to submit a prayer request, give us ideas for future episodes, or simply to just share what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. If you really are enjoying the show, what would mean a lot is if you could subscribe and leave a review. That will help more people find the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast.